0: It's always great to uh, celebrate him in communion, isn't it? Just take a little bit of time to remember what he's done for us. And, you know, as we go through communion, uh, oftentimes we can get one of two very different responses, right? The one response we can get is, Oh, I, I make so many mistakes. I have so many things to say I'm sorry for, and I don't even feel worthy, right? And we really start to get very... Focused on our shortcoming and don't get me wrong. We need to focus enough there that we grasp We are short. We get that right I'm not talking short in stature, right? We definitely are missing the mark and we need to grasp that But what we also need to grasp when we come to communion, it's not hey this do ye in remembrance of your missing it Like that's not what he said, right? This do ye in remembrance of me like, this is to celebrate Jesus Christ and his greatness. This is to lift him up and make sure that he is glorified and gets the preeminence in our life. And so today, we're actually looking at Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23, and we're going to do exactly that. We are going to look at Christ and his greatness. My, my request to you is this. As we go through today, just say, Lord, how can I be glorifying you and worshiping you? May I go out of here doing that with all I've got, all right? All right we got the ushers coming forward. They're going to have some Bibles in their hands. And uh, again, like I said, we're going through Colossians 1, 15 through 23. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hands and they'll get one to you. We are going to be going verse by verse through this. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. Colossians 1, 15 to 23, valuing Christ. How do we value Christ? Why value Christ? What's it look like? All right. So the first step, give Jesus the preeminence in your life as your God creator And savior give jesus the preeminence in your life as your god creator and savior. All right So we'll just start here in verse 15 Paul's writing to colossi and he says he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation for by him All things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him Now, one thing you're going to notice if you read through this passage is there's a lot of he's and him's. There's a lot of pronouns going on in here, and it's all reflecting back to one person, and that person is actually found in verse 13. If you go back to verse 13, it says there, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. So the he there is God the Father and his beloved son, Jesus Christ. That's who he's talking about. Then Paul continues forward. So whenever you see pronouns, look backwards into the passage to find out what the noun is that he's talking about. Okay? Let scripture define it. Don't take a guess. Don't pick up the dart and throw it. Like, oh, I wonder if he's talking about, right? Take a look. And they would call that in grammar terms. That's called the antecedent. You're looking for the noun before that pronoun. Make sure you find that and make sure you know what he's talking about. So the he here... Is Christ, okay? He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He is the image. You know, that word, uh, that's where we get our English word icon from, from the original language word. So icon, it means like a representation, okay? But it's more than just that. It's an exact representation in this case, right? You go to Hebrews 1, 3, and it says that Jesus is the exact representation of God the Father. An amazing Discovery for us that we get to actually see the father through seeing jesus In fact, he says not only is he the exact representation But it says that the radiance of god's glory is bursting forth through him. Hebrews 1 3 right there still the radiance of god's glory That's an amazing privilege to see jesus Is to see god's glory, okay? and he's saying he is that image of god in fact, Jesus Himself claimed it. John fourteen nine, He says, "If you've seen me, well, you've seen the Father." Okay, now that's either blasphemy because He's claiming to be God, or it's truth, right? You've got one or the other. You got to choose from, and and so no wonder the Pharisees were picking up stones, right? They were against Him. They chose blasphemy. Okay, but we have a choice to make. When Jesus says, "You see me," you're seeing the Father. Like that's who I am god incarnate you're looking at god in the flesh That's our privilege Okay, notice he says right after it. he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation the firstborn of all creation Now this term firstborn has caused great consternation and confusion over the years. All right So the simple of it is this firstborn it has two different meanings that could be applied to it the first Meaning for firstborn could mean this that could mean that you're Born first <laughs> Duh, right? It could mean that that's one of the meanings that it could have firstborn So it means that you in the birth order came first Okay, one of the created elements and the other thing it could mean is It could be the more of the metaphorical reference that went to the firstborn like you get that place of of honor and blessing and you get the stuff bestowed upon you that no one else gets and firstborn, okay, it could mean one of those two so some have said, well, actually, I think it does mean that he was created. He's the first one that was created. That's what it means. And uh, there are a number of religions that try to propose that. OK, so he's the number one created. Really? Well, let's check this out for a second. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created. Uh, well, that ain't going to float. How is he the first one created if by him all things are created? Okay, And if you notice, some of those religions, they'll actually now throw the word other in there. And by him all other things are created. Just so you know, that's not in the original language. It's not there. They threw it in because they were trying to explain the position they were taking when really what they should have done is not thrown in the other, but thrown out their idea. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, we got to be careful. This is a big passage, and there is a ton about Christ in this, and it's really important that we grasp it. In fact, this is probably the strongest passage, single passage, in all of the Scriptures about Christ and His greatness. All right, so we see that He is the image, the exact representation of God, that if you've seen Him, you've seen the Father. He is the one who gets all the blessing and all the priority. He gets all of the hoopla, if you will. Because he is that firstborn right of all the creation, but by him, all things were created by him. All things were created. How many things were created by him? Yeah, all. Okay. Like all things were created by him. Not just some, not just some in an area. It's not just the spirit world or not just this part of the physical. we all, all things were created by him. If you go a little bit further there, it says all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things visible and invisible created by him Let's just grasp this all for a minute. All right, so I was doing some reading this week and and so all uh, We're gonna start right here in embassy suites. All right, and so we're in embassy and We're gonna zoom out to East Peoria And then we zoom out to central Illinois. And then we zoom out to Illinois. Now we zoom out to North America. Now we zoom out to Earth. Now we zoom out to the sun. Okay? The sun is actually a star, right? It's one of the stars in our galaxy. It's one of the smallest stars that they know of, actually, in our galaxy. You ready for this? Found this out this week. The sun can hold 1.3 million Earths inside of it. That's big. The sun. Okay? So that's the sun. There's billions of those within our galaxy, the Milky Way. It's one among billions, zooming out, right, in our galaxy. Now we're we starting to get a little bit of size of where we are. Hang on, we're not done. There's hundreds and hundreds of millions of galaxies in the universe. In fact, they marked out one star, Alpha Centauri, they say, is about 24 trillion miles away. Can you say big? Big. Yeah, very big, right? Huge is where we're at. And Jesus Christ created all things. Like he launched this all into motion. He's over it all. Absolute authority in it. This is our God. Jesus Christ, creator. And we're going to find out more here in just a little bit about that creation. Notice what he says. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Now he goes through a list here to understand the invisible a little bit more, okay? Invisible, he says, um, lost my place. He says uh, dominions or rulers or authorities and thrones, these four lists, right? These lists are actually the same words that you see in Ephesians 6 when he's talking about spiritual warfare. These are words that uh, are usually alluded to as talking about the angelic ranks, okay thrones and dominions and rulers and authorities it's the same thing when he said we wrestle not against flesh and blood okay and then he used some of these terms and so what he's saying is some of the invisible ranks of the angels yeah he created those well why is he saying that because there was actually some stuff going on in colossi where the challenge was i don't know i don't know about this god thing i think jesus he was kind of a ready for this word true word he was an emanation from God, I don't even know what that means. Like I'm already lost. He's an emanation from God, lesser than God, but blah blah blah. Well, whatever. Okay, no, <clears throat> wrong. Okay, and so Paul says wrong. Actually, absolutely created everything. That's who he is. Okay. Well, I think maybe he was an angel. I think he was more of an angel, kind of helping people. <clears throat> wrong. He created the angels. Okay. That's who he is. Above all of it, firstborn. Are you seeing it? Like that's our jesus we better give him the position of absolute authority throughout the entirety of the universe Now we're starting to get a little bit of what he's saying here. All right He says he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation for by him all things were created Right in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and jesus There like speaking into existence his word creating and then it says this uh, idea of having the authority over the angels and then at the end there all things were created through him and for him two very important pronouns through him for him all right through him like he absolutely his power unleashed in the place his word spoken bam into existence through him now comes the big one for him Like, we better grasp that the purpose is His glory. Him shown off. Him and His joy and His pleasing. He absolutely getting what He wants out of it. For Him. Okay? We better make sure that that's what we see the earth and the world around us as all about. God Almighty, Jesus Christ, with a plan through Him and for Him. Quite frankly, you might say, hang on, how's that fair? I'm not allowed to walk around saying it's all for me. How come Jesus gets to walk around saying it's all for me? Well, when you've created the world, (laughs) right, it's the difference between creator and created. That's the difference. And it's what's wrong. It's not wrong to say, bring it to me, bring the glory on me. That's not wrong. It's wrong to say that if you're a created element, it's right to say that if you're the creator, are you hearing me? absolute glory upon him it's exactly where it should be give him what he rightly deserves do not steal from him the glory rightly do him okay that's what we're talking about now he says right after it and he is before all things and in him all things hold together he is before all things so think of time and we go back and everything created before that and before that and we get to the very beginning and the spoken into existence before that jesus You see what i'm saying? There was never a time where there was nothing There was always at least him Are you hearing it? Like he was before all things We better grasp it. If you want to start talking about time and how time matters He wins eternity past Right. You want to start talking about authority and what he created it. Are you are you seeing what he's saying? Absolute authority in jesus christ That's our king now he says all things were created through him and for him and he is before all things. In him all things hold together. This is the beauty of it. He's saying literally the very molecules of your being would explode apart if he wasn't there. The one who spoke it into existence, these 24 trillion miles of separation over everything, his very presence in the midst of is holding us together as we are. Can you see it? And so here's the irony. Again, think of this universe again. We come from way back and we start zooming down in. We get to the Milky Way and down into our solar system and down to the earth and down into the North America and down into East Peoria and down into embassy suites and down to you and me sitting in embassy and down to one person in the chair and they're like, it's all about me. (laughs) Are you seeing what I'm saying? Like, what are we missing when that's where we are? He's saying, get this. The entire universe is held together by his presence. He has spoken it into existence. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with him. He is holding it together. How dare we in the midst of him holding everything together, being a part of everything, go to stealing that glory away and saying, it'll be about me today. That's when we're missing it completely. Lord. You have my attention. That's what Paul's saying. Let's make sure we grasp the Christ we're dealing with. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things. In him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. The metaphor, the body, right? And so the head. And so we think of our head, and like What's the head do? Well, we can think. We send out control signals from there, right? There's, there's the management of, and, and things don't happen real well when a body doesn't have a head. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. and that's what he's saying. Like, he's the head of the body. And, and you better recognize he's the head of the body. And, and so it's, it's not a pastor, and it's not the elders, and it's not the, right? We are here to be working with him and allowing him to lead and guide. He's the head of the body, the church. He's our amazing god the church the called out ones the collected ones together who have said we trust in you and we believe in you thank you for dying on the cross for my sins the church now notice what he says right after it he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead he is the beginning this word literally means he is the source he's the source of the church do you know that like he's the start of everything we have going around, going on around here. Without him, we do not have the church. With him, we have the church. And then he says, I will build my church. Like I'm going to continue to even grow that. And the gates of hell will not prevail. The glory that was due me in the midst of my original creation that was stolen away through sin will be righted. That's what he's saying. And we as a part of the church, that's our job. To be bringing glory back to Him. Are you hearing it? Like, man, if we don't get that in the church, how many times do churches start going into... It's all about the people management and the horizontal and the relationship. And it's important that we love one another. Don't get me wrong. We must be caring for each other. But it's an outgrowth of worshiping Him. We go vertical first. We love the Lord our God with all we've got. We absolutely have Him gutting us and changing us and transforming us. And that spills to loving one another. That's what the church is. This unbelievable collection of people so excited about Jesus Christ's glory they cannot see straight. That's who we need to be. He's the beginning of that, the source of that, bringing it to Himself. Now notice it says He's also the firstborn from the dead. Here we go with that word again, firstborn, right? So again, he's the one who's getting the blessing and the place of position and honor among the dead. We're told that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2. we told that we were lifeless and hopeless. We had nothing without him. And he's the one who gets the place of position and honor amongst us. Why? Well, he visited the realms of the physical dead. And he experienced life as he brought, as he was brought back to life. He experienced life to us as well. What an amazing God to bring that to us. The firstborn among the dead, he's saying, I'm telling you this, he's got hope of life. And he's like the king of the ones who are experiencing death. And he leans into our lives with a hope and a privilege and a joy. The firstborn among you and me, if we've trusted in him as our savior... That in everything he might be, here's the key word, preeminent. That in everything he might be preeminent. Pre, like before. That in everything he might get everything first dibs on. You know what I'm saying? Like in your life, you might give him the total glory and honor in everything you do, caring completely about what he wants and thinks about it, that he would literally, before anything else, get the position of honor. Preeminent in your life. Like, what's that look like if you're at your work or in your family? Or wrestling with some school decisions or some money decisions to make Christ preeminent in your life. Notice it says, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. In him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. We've got to grasp this the vastness of the god who created the universe stooping all the way down to pulling the putting the fullness of himself into a human being down there on the earth right philippians 2 talks about that being such a humility and you're like i don't know why was it so humbling to become a man are you seeing it like not less of god still fully god fully man Absolutely experiencing among you and me being able to share at that time What god looked like god the father That's who he was That's what was going on the fullness of god dwelling in jesus christ fully god fully man To provide a replacement payment for us Preeminence I wrote this quote down from this week Uh, We will never experience the fullness of of joy that we've been created to experience until we make Jesus first in every area of our life. You will never be able to experience the fullness of joy that you've been created to know or experience until we make Jesus first in every area of our life. Preeminence. It's about giving him first in everything. Lord, I'm hearing you. what do you want done? Lord, I understand what you're saying, and I'm I'm going after it. How do you want that accomplished? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's when we wake up in the morning, may we literally be saying, I've just woken up, God, and it's all about you. What do you want done? Where am I headed today for your glory? What do you want accomplished for your glory? What is it you want me to be saying or doing or being or not saying or not doing or not being That you might be able to, through me, be able to make a little progress in this world. For your glory. Are you hearing it? That's why we're here. That's why we're on this earth. That we might literally lift his name up with all we've got. There's joy in it. There's joy to be had at such such deep levels. Can't even begin to explain it. But I'm telling you that joy is only experienced as you give it all over to God. Let Jesus Christ have the preeminence in your life. Now notice he says here at the end verse 20 and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross to reconcile to himself. That word reconcile means to bring back, to like restore, to make things right again, to reconcile himself all things i mean his goal is literally to see the physical world and the spiritual world restored in a way that begins to give him honor and glory and greatness he is our amazing savior and he's working to reconcile see that's the beauty of it while we've walked away and done our own thing while we've made it all about us and somehow in little world land but from our perspective all about me land we've walked away from him He's choosing in the midst of that to remain with us. I mean, check it out. This is the God who spoke me into existence, who spoke you into existence. And in the midst of speaking us into existence, he then stays right there holding it together. And while all that's going on, we then decide to say, still about me. How is that possible that we take that position? It's because our perspective is off. We're missing something. We're not seeing what he's saying completely. Notice what he says at the end, making peace by the blood of his cross. Romans five one. therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We could have a relationship reestablished with the vast grandeur of that God. We can know him personally and deeply with all that we've got Because of what he's done for us not because of what we've done Remember we talked about this last week, but our righteousness is as filthy rags Like even the best stuff we got Isn't worth bringing as a sacrifice before him But he for us What a great privilege we have You know We were in colorado this last summer for a vacation and uh At the end of the week there, I preached in Denver. And so we were hanging around the mountains. It was a great time out there. And uh, one of the nights when we were in the hotel there, early evening, this rain came in, this huge storm. And I mean, it was dark and it was bad. And when it came in, it's like this huge fog settled down in. The clouds socked in hard. The rain started just coming down in torrents. There was lightning. It was just nasty. And I opened up and looked out the, the um, hotel room window, and all you could only see about 30 feet. I, I mean, that's all you could see. I could see a little bit of hedges out there, a little bit of bushes, you know? And for all we knew, hey, we could have been in Peoria. You know what I'm saying? That's where we were. We were just sitting there sacked in tight. And then as I continued to watch, and I was reading a book, and we watched, this sort of dissipated a little bit, and the fog started lifting, and the storm started moving out, and I started to be able to see this rock down in the bottom. As you could see, it sort of lift up enough, and we could see the canyon piece there. And then it moved up a little higher, and I could see the foothills of the mountains beyond just a little bit. And then it sort of lifted a little bit more, and it stuck there for about an hour. And it just stayed there. And that's all I could really see was, I don't know what it was, maybe just a mile or two out. And then all of a sudden, it started lifting even higher, and the front started moving past. And as it raised up, it started to release the grandeur of Pike's Peak. It was right out our window and all of a sudden you could see pikes peak with the clouds and the clouds coming up above it And the clouds started rolling past it and bam The sun just shot down through into that canyon. You could see everything all around It was amazing to look out at the colors on that mountain that was out ahead of that's what was in front of us and we were missing it Because of the cloud cover How often do we miss the grandeur? Of our Almighty Savior, because of the cloud cover of self and hurt and want and desire, socked in tight. We got to let it go, lay it down, and just say, Lord, may you be worshiped in my life. Cloud cover's coming up. Lord, I want to see you for who you are. Cloud cover's coming up. I want to see you as the almighty creator of this universe. Cloud covers raising up. You know what I'm saying? Let's see him as our king. Hole against the sky. Total grandeur. Amen? Like, amen? Amen. Like, that's what we're talking about. An amazing king of the universe. Do not let the cloud cover settle low. He's awesome. Take him in with all you've got. That's what we're talking about. So question. When it comes to preeminence in your life, job, how do you put Christ first there? Or family, or friends? Let me ask it to you this way. What's the one that's getting in the way the most and makes you think most about self? Think about that for a second. Okay, you got it. Now let's commit this week to saying, Lord, I'm going to set that at your feet. May that no longer become cloud cover that blocks your greatness. I'm ready to lay this before you and see you as my king. You got my attention, Lord. I'm giving it to you. Okay? Let's make him preeminent in our lives as our God, our Savior, our Creator, Jesus Christ. That's who he is. Second point. If we're going to value Jesus Christ, what do we do? Follow Jesus steadfastly. Follow Jesus steadfastly as your Lord and King. Follow Jesus steadfastly as your Lord and King. Notice it says here in verse 21, And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. You, who once were alienated and hostile... Alienated, like cut off, hostile, angry, against, resistant, really pretty upset with, right? When somebody's hostile towards you, it's a pretty rough position. He's saying that's where we stand when we choose to go after our own glory and say it's not going to be about your glory. I am going to steal your glory. So that's what we're doing when we try to make it about ourselves. Lord, may I not steal. May I hand it over to you with all I've got He says for those who have grasped that Well, we came from doing evil deeds like the very things we thought of and wanted to be a part of they were about self not about him They wouldn't re- reflect the character of God. They reflected me and my lostness and, and in the midst of that we were set apart We were angry. we were doing our own thing but he has now reconciled in his body Of Flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach Are you hearing it like in the midst of being against him right Romans 5 8 God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet Sinners in that position of hostile He died for us and made a replacement payment for us And here's the beauty of it in that instant. We trust in him and believe in him. Look what he says happens he says that he now treats us or presents us as holy, blameless, and above reproach. Holy, like perfect, righteous. Trust me, he's not saying, oh, they're perfect now. Like he understands we're missing Pieces and needing to be grown, but here's what he is saying legally price paid will now treat you as perfect He presents us before the throne of glory as Perfect. Are you hearing the amazing gift? We aren't and we're being grown into it What is the value in running with Christ because he's saying I will treat you as now come with me as I make you that That's what it means to be sanctified as he transforms us from one degree of glory to another as we become more like him and reflect his glory all the more. That's what he's talking about. Like, Lord, may you be glorified in my life because of what you've done for me. We are presented as righteous when we are all but that. And he's willing to work with us in the midst. We are presented as blameless. You know what that word means? Means spotless. It was used for the lambs that were sacrificed on the altar. Spotless. Like perfect lamb for sacrifice. Man, what we've got isn't to be sacrificed. It's to be thrown out, filthy rags. What he's got, now that's worth sacrificing. Notice it says at the end and above reproach there is not a person who can cast dispersion. Nobody can critique because we stand in his glory honored by his shed blood on the cross notice it says after that now verse 23 if indeed now get ready if indeed you continue in the faith stable and steadfast not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which i paul became a minister notice he says these things happen to you if i f And this is a dangerous passage right now. I'm telling you, there are a myriad of people reading this passage uh, all over the place, misreading and they read this and they say, oh, so if I continue in the faith, so it's up to me. See, so what I have to do is I have to make sure I muscle this thing and I got to keep it going. And if I don't and I end up starting to fade, well, then I, then this whole thing falls apart. And is that what this passage is saying? The answer is no. This is the term perseverance. Okay. And some say you have to persevere in order to be saved like and try to use a passage like this for it But i'm telling you this is what scripture teaches you if you're saved you will persevere Are you hearing the difference if you're saved you will persevere? It's not keep trying yourself and work your salvation out galatians 3 paul says what you were saved by the spirit Now you're going to be saved now. You're going to be sanctified by the flesh. That's not how it works you're saved by the Spirit. You're going to be sanctified by the Spirit. Well, do you have any other text that might say to him that it's saved and then persevere? Actually, I do. I got two of them. Okay? So, first, John 6, 44. John 6, says that the Father draws us, and those whom he draws, Jesus will raise up. Are you hearing it? Now, what he doesn't say is the Father draws us, and most of those... Jesus will draw up, or Jesus will raise them up, as long as, that's not what it says. It says, whom the Father draws, Jesus will raise. Bang. You hear it closed? Here's another one, Romans 8, 28 through 30. It's talking about God's work in our life, and it says that God, whom God calls, He then justifies. Whom He justifies, He sanctifies. Whom He sanctifies, He will glorify. It's a chain that's connected, and it cannot be broken. There is nothing in there about if it's solid. God at work, okay? This is absolutely important to grasp. That God's work in our life is solid and trustworthy. We're told that whoever whoever Jesus has in his hand, it cannot be plucked out, right? And while we can say, well, I know there's other verses though, and it sounds more like you're working for your salvation. And what do I do with those? And and here's my answer. You better make sure the whole of scripture ties together. And when there's a passage of scripture that seems to cast some level of Anxiousness on something but we see another one that locks it down tight You've got to let that passage that locks it down tight do that. Are you hearing me? So when a passage says absolutely that where there is salvation there will be glorification period romans 8 Whom god draws you absolutely will be lifted up period john 6 man. We can't walk away from those passages Those things have to sit strong. And so then we look at a passage like this where it says, if you continue, then I'm telling you these things are true for you. Well, what's he saying then? He's saying, man, the outward expression of that inward salvation. Man, if that outward expression is there, dude, you're in good shape. (laughs) Do you hear me? And so here's another thing that he's saying. Well, what if I say, yeah, I trusted in Christ. I, I quoted these phrases. I said this prayer and I really the next day I woke up and I said, I'm doing it my way and I'm off on my way from now on. And I'm really not interested in what Christ has to say. And if he's trying to push me around, then I don't want to hear from him. And I'm going to do it my way. And he's saying, be careful. That's not salvation. Are you hearing it? That's what we need to read in this passage. True salvation is, Lord, I'm following you and you are my king. Like I'm listening. I'm not perfect. And I'm getting things right. But when you show me something's wrong, I'm done with it. And I'm on my knees. You've got my attention, God. What do you want done in my life that you might be glorified? Amen. Yeah, it's sobering, but it's real. And that's our king. May we spend a life worshiping him and glorifying him. Why? Because of what he's done for us. Check this out at the end. What a description. It says, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which he has proclaimed in all of creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister The gospel message proclaimed throughout the earth is simply this. What a savior. The gospel message is this. Are you kidding me? Lean on yourself? Dude, throw that out. It doesn't get it done. Lean on Jesus Christ. We have been lost without him. We were in a position called hostile and against him. And he still sustaining us and holding us together brings to us the very solution for our salvation. What a king to serve. Amen. Like that's our God. May we celebrate Jesus Christ and lift him up as preeminent in our lives. My question to you is, are you ready to follow him with all you've got? Are you ready to literally say, Lord, whatever it takes in family, whatever it takes in friend, whatever it takes in job, I wake up today and I'm simply holding my hands out and saying, you are that God, you have my worship. And from here, let's see what he's going to do. The transformation in your life will bring no greater joy. I'm telling you, there is nothing more exciting than the divine almighty Reaching in and touching in ways you've never imagined. Seeing sin broken in ways you could have never dreamed. Lost, that's where we were. Saved and on our way to glory, that's what we have. Let's praise our King, amen? Let's worship Jesus Christ with all we've got. All we have is because of Christ. Without Him, nothing. With Him, everything. Everything. Let's pray.